Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Discovering Humanity in Health podcast. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Grossman, with us today. Thank you, Dr. Grossman, for being with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So my first question for you is, can you introduce yourself for us and give us some background information about you? Sure. So uh, as you said, my name is Jeremy Grossman. I'm a um, currently a medical resident, and I'll get into what that is a little bit later. Um, but I'm originally, I'm from California, and I went to college there at a place called the University of California at Irvine. And when I was in college, I majored in two different studies. I majored in psychology and I majored in biology because at the time I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I was thinking between being a therapist or maybe being a doctor, but I wasn't sure, you know, because the doctor path is, is a very difficult one. So I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So nonetheless, uh, I did both. And eventually I decided I wanted to be a doctor towards the end of that whole escapade. And I had to take the MCAT. So I took a year off. I took the MCAT, which is like the SAT for med school. And I took that. I did okay. Um, I did some teaching on my year off. And then after that, um, I started to apply for medical school. And the way applying to medical school works is kind of like college. You apply very broadly, very vastly uh, to as many programs as you can. And the ones most people know about are the programs that are in the US. So the MD programs, USMD. Um, and that's kind of the classic medical doctor degree that everyone knows about. But a lot of people don't know that there's actually a DO program too, which is like MD, but it's typically less competitive. It's easier to get into, uh, but still nonetheless, you come out as a doctor and you're treated equally. And then your last option is to go to an international school. So a lot of people go to the Caribbean because they accept lower grades there, which is really nice. Um, and you can get your degree there and then come back to the United States and you do your residency. So once you graduate medical school, you're a doctor. But once you graduate, you can't really practice on your own quite yet. And that's because you're not really ready. A lot of what you've done is classroom learning a little bit in the hospital, but you're not ready to take care of patients yet. So you have to go into doing what's called a residency. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. And, I, and you choose what you want your residency to be in. So I chose to do a double major in internal medicine, which is uh, general medicine for adults and um, in pediatrics, which is general medicine for kids. So I'm doing both of those right now. And ultimately, I plan to go into another specialty after this, which is called ICU medicine and pulmonology, the study of the lungs, because a lot of the Patients in the ICU are on ventilators. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm in my third out of my fourth year and I'm having a blast. I love what I do. It's been a very long journey. Um, and I want to, you know, kind of answer any questions that you guys might have. Um, I'll try to answer it kind of prophylactically through the podcast today, but I encourage all of you to find me online. Um, my Instagram handle is Jeremy. Grossman underscore. And basically, you can email me any question you want, and I will answer any question you want. So all my time on Instagram is I do I do to help other people um, get to their medical school path. So please reach out to me if you have questions that we're not answering today. 
All right, so that's kind of my background. Why don't you take it off? Any questions you, you have of me in, in uh, particular? No, that was, you covered everything about that question. Thank you so much. All right. So my next question is, how do you maintain your work and personal life balance as a resident? Work-life balance, that's a nice buzzword everyone likes to use. Um, you know, when you start out being an intern, I'm sure there's a lot of shows, like I think there's a show right now called The Intern. And being an intern is very difficult. It's not an easy task to undergo because you're learning a lot of medicine. You're learning how the medical system works. And you're working like six or even sometimes seven days a week. So you're really tired. So it's really, really taxing. So in your intern year, you know, there's not a lot of time for balance and a little balance and time off that you get. Um, you know, a lot of people um, tend to kind of work out, maybe go to the gym, maybe spend some time with family. But ultimately, it's not it's not easy to get that time off. And you kind of lose a lot of other things that you normally were doing before. Um, I luckily I had a dog. So I had a nice dog to come home to. I tried to work out, I tried to exercise and meet new friends. And ultimately, um, it's all about time management. So if I'm working 12 to 14 hours a day, you bet that I'm going to be so tired at the end of the day, you know, 7am to 7pm. And maybe I'm doing research, maybe I need to um, uh, do some volunteering, maybe I need to study, uh, whatever it is, I'm, I'm busy, I got a lot going on. Um, so I'm really tired at the end of the day. But I love doing what I'm doing. And even though I get really stressed out sometimes, and it's really difficult on my psyche, I have a good support system. Uh, I make sure I know I can reach out to certain people if I'm having difficulty. And ultimately, um, you know, it's worked out for me. And if any of you are, are feeling, you know, even pre-med are having a difficult time and you need some guidance, I really recommend you reach out to me. And if not me, reach out to somebody in the field or somebody that cares about you because it's important that you're, you know that you're not alone through this journey because it's a long one. By the time I'm done, I'm going to have devoted 16 years of my life, which is pretty crazy. Um, but I love doing what I'm doing. And uh, I wish all the same for you guys, if that's what you want. Did that answer your question? Hello? Yep. Thank you. Thank you for that. So sure. you mentioned that you can choose what your residency is going to be about. What interests right. you to choose what you chose? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, what I really liked about my residency was, well, first of all, med peas, this combination residency I'm doing is kind of rare. Most people just pick one or the other. What I loved about it was I could take care of any patient, any age in the hospital, outside of the hospital, and I could help them. So that being said, I coming out of this residency, I knew that I was going to be really well trained and ready to take care of anyone that needs my help because I had an interest in doing international medicine. So, um, that's really important, right? When you're in the middle of nowhere in another country and people need your help, people are of all ages are going to be coming to you asking for guidance. And you got to make sure that you're going out there with the proper training so that you can help them, right? You don't only want to be able to help half your patients out, right? So that was one reason. Um, another specialty called family medicine uh, is pretty similar, but it's more outpatient based. And when I say outpatient, it's more like in a clinic. My specialty is more inpatient based. It's in a hospital setting. Uh, and I like that. I liked that my patients were sicker, the acuity was higher, and I could really help patients out 
in the moment rather than just practice a lot of preventative medicine, which is really important, but just not where my interest really lies. So that's kind of how I picked MedPeds. And ultimately, I'm going to probably not practice pediatrics um, because I'm going into pulmonary adult medicine. So that's already three years for adults. I, I, could, I don't think I have the time or the energy in me to do another three years after that. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. Thank you. So mm -hmm. my next question, I want to ask, could you please describe what your typical day as a resident looks like? Oh, good question. Typical day as a resident. Hmm. Well, I wake up around 5 a.m. I walk my dog, Zeus, who's a, by the way, I'll keep mentioning him. He's a hundred pound American bulldog, all muscle, a lot of fun. Uh, so we take a morning walk together. We have our coffee. And then around 6.30, I leave for work because I live about a half hour away. I get to work and then I meet the doctor that was covering my patients overnight because, you know, I can't be there 24 seven, right? So there needs to be somebody to watch my patients when I'm gone. Because even though it's nighttime, patients still have issues and they need medical attention, right? So he tells me or she tells me all the things that happened overnight. And I write them down. I say, thank you. They go home. And now I take over for my patients. And I go around on my patients. Um, I go see my patients, how they're doing and determine, can I send them home? Do they need more type of medical treatment? Do they need more help? Um, do they need blah, 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 blah. And then I make a decision of what I'm going to do with them. And so I have a list of about 15 patients a day. So you can imagine I'm pretty busy dealing with how to kind of manage all of them at once at one time, especially if they're all really active and they all need my attention. It can get really busy sometimes, but I kind of like that. I like being busy and I like, and I know that I'm really good for this job so I can help people out um, if they're all struggling at once. Um, okay. So that happens. I round on my patients and then in the afternoon I respond to emergencies. Maybe I'll get some new patients from the ER. I'll send some patient home. And then at 7 PM, I'll sign out to the night person. They'll hear about all the patients and they'll take over and then they go back to bed. And that's a busy inpatient service. An outpatient service, pretty much you just show up at eight o'clock. You see your patients, maybe one every 20, 30 minutes. And then you see the next patient and you do that till five o'clock and you see all sorts of types of things, anywhere from someone with a cough, someone with foot pain, someone with uh, ear pain, someone with blurry vision, anything under the sun. So it's pretty cool practicing primary care medicine because you're all out, out there alone. You got to figure out what's best for your patient and they're relying all on you. So it's a lot of responsibility, but also very exciting. Does that answer your question? Yep, that does. Thank you. That was so interesting. Awesome. To hear. Good. My next thing is I saw that you're doing shadowing sessions. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do in those sessions and what students learn from this? Oh, totally. Yeah, I encourage all of you guys to check out. It's actually on my page. I have a, a link tree. It's one of these websites where uh, links to all these different videos that I've made with different organizations. And for a lot of you this past year with COVID, it's been really difficult um, trying to get shadowing, right? Because you need those volunteering, you need those shadowing hours. So ultimately, it's been very difficult to get those. And some really smart people um, decided that, okay, hey, maybe we should just do virtual shadowing because it's kind of the best we can do right now with COVID. You know, we, we can't keep all these 
you know, these people and these learners in a room with a doctor, because then we're risking exposing each other to, you know, COVID. So these, um, these different organizations uh, sponsored me um, for maybe an hour or two. I would talk about what I'm talking to you about now. I would talk about a day in the life. Uh, I would talk about cool cases I've seen. I will discuss medical management and treatment options. I discuss career path, medical career advice, um, school advising, academic advising. And of course, I put myself out there and let you guys know that you can reach out to me at any time. And, you know, I can help you out as best I can um, in your kind of medical journey. Thank you. So yeah. next, would there be any advice that you would like to give high school students and or undergrad students who wish to pursue medicine in the future? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, the medical school path is a very long one. And a lot of people really like it because one, you get respect from everyone. Yo, you say you're a doctor. Wow, you get respect. And that's fine and well. But ultimately, what you're doing is you're, you're helping people out and it's a really respectable field. But what a lot of people don't realize is the kind of the journey it's going to take to get to that position, right? Let's say I want to be a general primary care doctor. That's only about seven years of training. Let's say I want to be like a, a neurosurgeon uh, or a specialty plastic surgeon. That might be, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years. So you really have to think about how much time you're devoting. And you really have to think about, <clears throat> are you able in all your power to pass the courses that you need to pass to get through this. And for the record, I was not a smart kid. I was like middle of the pack, but you know what? I worked really hard. I worked my butt off trying to get good grades and I didn't always get good grades, but ultimately I was able to get into a school. It was an international one, but nonetheless a medical school. And here I am back in the United States as a doctor. So there's no wrong way to become a doctor. There are only other are right ways, meaning you have to work hard. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. You have to know what your resources are and you have to know what paths you can take to get there. Um, and it's a lot of information out there to kind of figure out what, what those answers are. But there's people like myself. Um, there's people like these shadowing pages and just good old Google can tell you a lot about, about how to become a doctor. Um, and if there's any gaps in kind of information. I'm here to help you guys out. If, if you want to reach out to me privately online, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, but just keep in mind that if you just want the prestige, the money, don't do medicine. It's not for you. There's other opportunities out there. And just because you're not a doctor doesn't mean you're not a good person. I would actually argue that somebody who opens a homeless shelter or somebody who opens up uh, a doggy fostering program or somebody who volunteers their time across the world most of the year to help people who, who are in hunger, you know, those are the really good people, right? As a doctor, I, I think of myself as a good person, but at the end of the day, I'm reaping all of the benefits of being a doctor too. So it's not such a selfless position. Um, so just keep that in mind that like, just because society tells you that being a doctor is the best thing to do, it doesn't mean you have to do it. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. You should really be doing the things that you wanna do. So what I encourage all of you to do is to go out, email a doctor, uh, or call a, a local doctor's office and ask them, hey, can I shadow you? I'm interested. Because that's going to be the best way that you're going to find out if it's the right path for you. Because if it's not, and you haven't shadowed anyone, and you've put in years and years of work, and you realize you hate what you're doing, then what was the whole point of it, right? What was the whole point of it? So figure out right now if, if what you want to do is medicine. That's what I encourage you to do. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm sure our viewers would love hearing that advice. So my last question for you is talking about the direct medical program. What do you think, What what is your opinion about that? And how much does that differ from like going in a regular path? The direct medical program, meaning the BSMD program? Yep. All right, so I, I, I'll, I'll just touch briefly on that because personally, I, I didn't do it. I, my, one of my good friends did do it. But ultimately, it's going to be such a small percentage of you that are actually going to get into that program. You have to be top tier. You have to have really good luck. And I think it's a fine way to go to med school, but I think it's really important too that like you go to college, you kind of experience other coursework, you experience other things because you might find out that you're not really interested in medicine. And I think that's the most, impo most important part about it being an undergrad and being a high school student is while you're figuring out what you want to do, figure out what you don't want to do. That's even more important because when you can cross things out, that makes the job a lot easier. So that being said, if you get into a BSMD program, I say go for it. If you can, if you can do a direct medical program, that's great. But if you can't get into it, trust me, the majority of us did not do that. And it's actually more normal to not do that just because I think the programs are rarer and they're so much more difficult to get into. Thank you so much for that information. So that was my last question. Thank you, Dr. Grossman, for being here with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I, I hope you all follow your dreams and whether that be in medicine or not. And just to remember to not be so hard on yourself and realize that there's tons of opportunities for jobs in the world and medicine is not the only one. And if it is the right one for you, then chase it, follow it and realize that you're going to have to work your butt off for a very long time to get to it because you're going to be making a real big positive difference in people's lives in the future. And they're really going to be counting on you. So it's a good thing that you're going to put in all that time and hard work. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Discovering Humanity and Health podcast. And that concludes this episode of Discovering Humanity and Health. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out other episodes at www.humanityandhealth.org.